Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Jen A., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Colorado. Today is Thursday, April 22nd, 2021 at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter entitled We Agnostics. We're on page number 52, reading the third paragraph, when we saw others solve their problems, um, and that one paragraph only. Today's readers are Team Thursday. We have Lida C, Joni C, Crystal P, Martha Z, Carmela G, Susan H, and Leslie W. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, April 21st, 2021, are the following. 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 16,806. That's 16806. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 16,807. 16807. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive eating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lida C. to read the 12 steps. Lida, press star one. Can I be heard? Can I be heard? Can I yes. be heard? Okay, thank you. Yes. I'm sorry about the delay. Um, this is Lida no C., and a compulsive overeater recovering in Florida, and this is the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through, pre- through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the, and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. I'll pass. I will now ask Joni C. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Joni C. from Minnesota. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public remission... Relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Lida C. and Joni C. for the steps and the traditions this morning. Well, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on the topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phones, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the chapter, We Agnostics, 
We're in the big book on page 52, reading that third paragraph with one paragraph only. I'll now ask Crystal P. to begin reading. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. Good morning. This is uh, Crystal P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. Um, I was thinking a lot about this paragraph because this week um, I've, I've, I've had all these old ideas of God come up. And, and the reason for that is I've been really happy this week. Like really good things are happening to me. And as an alcoholic, that's very hard for me. I don't know how to be happy. Um Sometimes happiness is actually harder than um, than going through grief or, or difficult emotions. And and this week, with all these good things happening, just so much of fear has been coming up in me because, you know, if, if I'm this happy, I have something to lose, and what if it all gets taken away? And underneath that was this old idea of God that snatches away things that, that I like or takes away um, my happiness, um, you know, or, yeah, just I, this old idea of God. And... And I have to realize that that idea just doesn't work anymore. I just, I can't live with that idea and have all these wonderful things happen to me. It's just, I can't do it without the food. And so without the food, I have to be willing to have that old idea of God get replaced with a new idea. And another kind of sneaky idea of God that came up this week was, you know, I had this moment of calling my sponsor and being like, you know, I'm, I'm fed up of this. Like, I'm tired of being a compulsive overeater. Why can't I just be happy like everybody else? You know, I'm so angry at God. Like, this is not fair. And, you know, my response to that is usually, okay, I cannot be angry at God. I need to quickly come back to gratitude and quickly, you know, remember, no, 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 God loves me. And, you know, um, I, I, can't, I can't possibly, you know, be angry at God that way. And I was so grateful because my sponsor said, you know, why don't you go tell God exactly what you think and feel? Like, just be angry with him and tell him that you're angry and you don't think this is fair. And that is so huge for me, that I could sit down and actually say to God, you know, this hurts, and I don't like it, and, it, and, I, and I really don't think you're doing the right thing here. Um, because if I can't be honest with God, who can I be honest with? You know, and it's only when I'm honest with God that way can God actually come in and, and remove those old ideas um, once I become willing for him to do that. And it's really hard. It's really hard for me, um, you know, someone who spent her whole life being terrified of God, to actually say to God, I'm not happy with what you're doing, and it hurts, and I don't like it, and please change it, you know. But when I do that, and I just am honest with him, then I can finally turn around and say, okay, you know, that's not been the evidence of the last three years. I know you take care of me. Please remove these old ideas from me, because they don't work. They don't make me happy. And they're just not true. And once I do that, I'm able, God restores me to sanity, and I can face life again. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Crystal P. We value everyone's experience this morning, so we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So who would like to share on what was read today? Pennsylvania. Kathy Loretta C. and Loretta and then somebody from Pennsylvania. Maria M. Thanks, Maria. Maria and Ka- I have Kathy. I have Harlan. 
Who else? Teresa Adriana P. P. Adriana, and there was somebody right before Adriana. Teresa P. And Thanks, Bob. Teresa. Lynn Hold on S. just a second. Hold on just a second, please. Bossa. I missed somebody in there. Um, I don't know who it was. So after I say these names, if I missed your name, if you already said it, if you could circle back with me. I heard Loretta, Maria, Kathy, Harlan, Teresa, Adriana, Vasa, and Lynn, but somebody I missed. Who was it? Shelly okay, well, if I didn't... That's Karen it. Hey, Shelly. It was actually Shelly. Karen, I'm going to put you with the next round of people. Um, Karen, okay. Okay. Thanks, Shelly. I appreciate you. I knew you were in there. Okay. So this is who we have. Loretta, Maria, Kathy, Harlan, Teresa, Adriana, Shelly, Vasa, Lynn, and Karen. Wow. What a group. I guess the power of God is good this morning. Start us off, Loretta. Press star one, Loretta. Good morning, Jen. This is Loretta H. I live in Raleigh, and I am definitely a compulsive overeater recovered for today. And everybody who saved my life on this line and Team Thursday, and I loved what the speaker says. I was going to talk about um, something very different today, but first I'm going to, the word spirit, uh, that's, um, you know, to me, that's what's within me today is that, and it will solve all my problems. If I am a maid, and I was just texting somebody today, a maid, not made a decision, but M-A-I-D, to God's corrective directives. And he does, and he has. And uh, it's interesting, because the speaker spoke about, I too have been very happy for the last two weeks, and that's very confusing to me because I'm a drama queen, and um, it kind of scares me, uh, and I really am working on that. I've been doing 10 and 11s on it because I don't know what it's like to be comfortable because I've always been uncomfortable in my skin, especially being an anorexic because I just, you know, you can never be too thin or too rich. And today that uncomfortability isn't there about being too thin or too rich, but what's there is my soul is kind of um, twittering and it's, I just know I need more growth and more God and more meditation and more prayer. But also it's interesting because I did look up the word spirit and one definition is alcohol and the other definition is essence. And it's interesting because that's like a dichotomy. You know, I use the food and today I use God. And that's kind of what this program has done for me with working the steps, having my fellow classmates help me, um, having my God, you know, be a part of my my spirit, my heart. And if I walk out into the world with a polished heart, it, he does solve all my problems. And the God idea really does work, even works when I'm confused right now about being happy. Because I know he is going to help me with this, um, 
drama that I have in my little head today because I don't need to think. And the acronym for surrender is seriously understanding real recovery entails not debating every reason. So today I do not need to debate why I'm happy. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen. I love you. Love you, too. Thanks, Loretta. Uh, Maria M., you're up next, followed by Kathy C. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much, moderator, and thank you all visionaries on the line. I am Maria M. from a compulsive, recovering compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. And uh, this is my first time sharing on the line, so my hands are, are shaking a little bit. This paragraph in the big book tells me exactly where I am. I admitted that I was a compulsive overeater in 1995. And for the last 25 plus years, I've watched others solve their problems by relying on the spirit of the universe while I continue to doubt the power of God. My ideas have not worked. They have simply not worked. And for the first time since my disease kicked in 55 years ago, I believe that the God idea will. And I would like this morning with all of you who have inspired me so much for so long to bear witness to me taking the third step as the first 100 men and women did. I'm on my knees, visionaries, in my kitchen, and I hope that you will hear my prayer to the God of love. God, I offer myself to you to build with me and to do with me as you will. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do your will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of your power, your love, and your way of life. May I do your will always. Amen. I ask that you hold me accountable, dear visionaries, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Maria M. Thanks for sharing with us on the line this morning. Up next, we have Kathy C., followed by Harlan G. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Jen. My name is Kathy C. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Montreal, Canada. Thank you, everyone, for your service um, this morning and every day. Um, you know, I came to OA, like many of you, because we couldn't stay stopped. Um, I had many, you know, attempts to try to stay stopped. Tried. I'm really good at, at starting to stop, but I couldn't stay stopped. Um, and then, you know, I came to realize that it can't be just about the food. It can't be okay. So I, I stopped eating certain foods. I had this like food plan, but yet there I was again. Um, and on page 51, it says, leaving aside the drink question or the food, you know, they tell us why living was so unsatisfactory. And this is what it is. It brings us to the bedevilment, to be run by devils, right? So, you know, I thought I had a food problem. I thought I had like a memory problem or not enough willpower. Think about it. Think about not eating. Come on, you can do it. You know, I come to see that I suffer from an internal condition. 
Like, I have this spiritual condition that it, it just doesn't work. Like, you know, this condition, right? Where, where does this condition come from? Well, it comes from my thinking. It comes from how I'm viewing things, how I see things. Um, and that is what had to be changed. You know, I had to rely on another type of thinking, a higher thinking, a higher power here, they told me. You know, and, and it tells me, don't, don't doubt that power. Don't doubt that power. And you know what? I, I, I didn't know if it was going to work for me, but I knew one thing. My way wasn't doing, I wasn't doing very well. I doubted myself. I was afraid to think. And at the very beginning, it was just thy will. Thy will be done, not mine. Please help me see this differently. What am I missing? What don't I, what am I not seeing? It can't be. Like, you know, suffering, I come to see now is optional. I don't have to like what's going on, the circumstances, but I don't have to suffer anymore. That's the gift here. Is that the God idea works, meaning I ask God for his direction. I ask God to see me. I lean into God. I turn to God, and then I find myself being turned. I'm not the same. I don't start off with that feeling of restlessness, irritability, discontentment, you know? And I take this leap of faith. And writing down words, what I wanted from this higher power or from my purpose of life was, you know, love and awakening, ease and peace of mind. And that's spelled leap, right? Leap of faith, love, ease, awakening, and peace. That's my desire today. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kathy C. Up next is Harlan G., followed by Teresa. Good morning, Harlan. Good morning, Jen. Thanks for your service this morning. Always good to hear your voice. I'm Harlan G. I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. When I look at this paragraph, I'm reminded of page 11. And on page 11 in Bill's story, bottom of the page, there starts a paragraph that said, that floored me. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart, which had done the impossible. What's the impossible? They had taken Eddie Thatcher, a drunk, a bottom of the barrel alcoholic, and he was sober. And not only had he been sober, he had been sober for two months. And not only had he been sober for two months, he was happy about it. He was happy in his release. The next sentence is important, very, very critical for me. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table he shouted great tidings. I have sat at that kitchen table. Jen has too, and many of us have at Stepping Stones. This paragraph that we are reading this morning is a reiteration in different words of the same idea. What is that idea? I can sit and argue about God all day long. I could sit and I could philosophize and I could theorize and all these other things about what God is and what God is not. There's two things I need to know about God for me. There is one and it's not me. There is a power greater than myself. I have tried everything imaginable to lose weight. 
When I was nine years old, I was put on heavy amphetamines by doctors to lose weight. When I was six and seven years old, I tried dieting. I did everything humanly possible, and all I got was fatter and fatter and more miserable and more miserable and more suicidal. The God idea works. On page 88 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is one of the most important sentences ever written. It says very, very simply, it works. It really does. The debating team needs to be let go. This works. Nothing else does. No earthly explanation for why I have the disease and no earthly solution to it. My Excuse me, my relief must come from a higher power. The debate is over. This works. And with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thanks, Harlan. Up next is Teresa, followed by Adriana. Teresa, what's the first initial of your last name, please? Can you hear me? Yeah, go right ahead. What's your the first initial of your last name, Teresa? Hi, I'm, uh, my fir the first initial is uh, P as in Paul, and I'm from California, so, so hi, this is Teresa P. from California, and I'm really grateful that I get to share this morning. I, I'm having a really hard time this morning. I got some um, hard news yesterday about our, our daughter, and uh, it, uh, what a great thing to say, the perfect paragraph, you know. We saw other people solve their problems with God. Um, she'd had, uh, our daughter had had cancer surgery several weeks ago, and uh, the stuff has come up, and she's going back in for surgery this morning because, uh, and I don't know exactly what the problem is, but there's something that needs to be corrected. And, and you know what? I'm just powerless. I'm just powerless. I, I, I can't do it. I, and I go right to the food place. Oh, my gosh, she's going to die of this. Because uh, I always do the, the dramatic, tragic stuff, and it's time, and it's entirely possible. And I, I have lost a, a little sister uh, when she was two years old, and uh, so you know, I, I do know that it really does happen. I lost a brother too, and what I get to remember is that you know, God's in charge, you know, and I don't have to figure it out, and and I can just bring God my fear. Uh, and it's the, ter the, the terrible aching fears, like, oh, why can't it just go really nice and we just get happy news? You know, I want to hear just happy stuff. But, you know, that's not what's happening. What's happening is that she has to return to surgery and uh, whatever process procedures need to be taken from there. And what I get to do is just turn it over and feel the fear and the pain and and I was I did a ten step on it, but what I got to do is, you know, do my ten step on it, and you know, God, okay, what do I do about this? And the answer was very simple: just text her and tell her that you love her. So at 3 a.m. this morning, California time, I texted my my daughter how much I loved her, and I just kept putting in there, you know, beloved daughter, and I love you, and. And just what I felt that God was asking me to say, share those things, because I haven't done that with her. And I got that chance to do it this morning. And I'm so grateful for that. And yes, it hurts and it's painful. And, you know, 
it's scary, but you know, that's life. And, you know, I just get to take life one day at a time. So I'm grateful that I have a way of living that truly works. You know, life has its ups and downs. It's the agony and the ecstasy, and, you know, and uh, I have beautiful, wonderful miracles in my life, of which one is my daughter. And uh, and there's also the, 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 the hard parts, you know. She has cancer, and they didn't get it all, and now there's this other problem. But you know what? God's in charge, and he's making miracles out of whatever happens. If people made messes, God can make it's just an opportunity for God to make a bigger miracle. So it doesn't matter what's happened because God is in charge. And that's all I need to know. And he has a great plan for all of us. And I get to hang on to that. And you know, I'm not in charge. And there's nothing that I can do except my part, which is being, you know, loving support to my daughter and telling her that I love her and telling her how I appreciate her. And saying all those things that I, so many of the things that I never said, and today I can say them now. She's 50 and I'm 71. And today I can say them now. Time, please. Thank you. And thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Teresa P. Up next we have Adriana and then we have uh, Shelly CR. Good morning to you, Adriana. Good morning, Jen. Thanks for your service. This is Adriana T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Michigan. And I guess what jumped out to me in this paragraph initially when reading it was, um, you know, others telling of their stories and how God solved their problems. And, um, you know, there's sometimes 300 to 400 people on this line, and it's just amazing that, you know, we can come on this line and hear people tell of their stories of how they've recovered from compulsive overeating and how they're solving their other life problems that surface um, after the food's down, which is what's happening for me. Um, and, you know, that that's, that's God and that um, things that we tried to work out ourselves before coming into the program, maybe our marriages or other relationships, um, that we tried to tackle all by ourselves, um, we couldn't handle it until, you know, we had let this power into our life. And um, I'm just kind of finding more and more that when I feel like my problems are too much and, you know, God's not there or kind of doubting God being there, I'm reminded that a lot of times it has to do with my attitude towards God or my attitude towards life, um, when I really kind of do like a gratitude inventory, so to speak, or um, I find that I really don't have any problems. Um, you know, I'm very, very blessed today. And, uh, you know, I kind of create my own problems when I'm looking for things um, outside of myself. Um, I'm looking for things to be different. I'm looking for a reality that is not the current reality. And so, um, yeah, I'm just kind of reminded that um, for the newcomer, we have to share how God is working in our lives, and we have to share how God has solved the health of eating and, you know, share the 
tidings because, you know, we and how we're get, doing that, you know, through working these steps. Um, because even as a recovered person, I need to be reminded, um, okay, let me think this problem out. Okay, let me assert my willpower. I have to constantly be reminded that, you know, I need to support some plan here that I don't have the power to solve any of my problems. I just make more of a mess of my problems. Thanks, Jen, and I'll pass with that. Thanks, Adriana T. All right, before we take the next couple of people I have in line already, just wanted to let you all know where we're at if you just hopped on the line with us, um, a vision for your big book study this morning. We're on page number 52 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in the chapter titled We Agnostics, reading the third paragraph only um, that begins with When We Saw Others. Shelly C.R., go right ahead. Shelly, press star one. Good morning. Sorry about that. Um, this is Shelly C.R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern Minnesota. Thank you so much for your service, Jen, and thank you, everyone, for being here this morning. Um, so, you know, when uh, this meeting started this morning, so I have uh, the big book in an app on my phone. And sometimes in the meetings in the morning, I refer to my app on my phone and pull it up. And sometimes I'm in my big book, and like the legitimate, you know, hold it in my hands, big book. And this morning, I uh, use the app. And so, you know, we go through in this, this short but powerful paragraph. And, um, you know, and it's like, wow, that really struck me. And then I pulled out my big book, and lo and behold, I have this paragraph highlighted. And, you know, when I first went through this, the big book with my sponsor the very first time, you know, uh, we talked at length about this paragraph and highlighted it. And I came into this program as someone who identified as agnostic. And the reality is, is that I did doubt the power of God. I doubted a power greater than myself, a spirit of the universe. And I know that, you know, through working this program and through talking with others, hearing other people's stories, um, working with my sponsor, like, you know, it really hit me and it didn't at the beginning, but as time went on, it's like, oh yeah, like my best ideas got me to this place, got me to this place where I'm pretty miserable. Um, and so how do I, you know, what does that kind of mean? It's like, what what would I be giving up in all reality? Uh, my miserableness? <laughs> like, that's not something that, you know, I wanted to hold on to, or, or so I thought, right? But like, in certain ways, that's what I was doing, exactly that. Um, and so this, this paragraph just really struck me. You know, we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe. And, you know, it, the more that I have gone to like different meetings in different places, and obviously now like with Zoom being all over the place and phone meetings and whatnot, it's like, gosh, I can hear the recovery amongst so many people and, you know, hearing recovery around people who've been um, recovered for decades. Like it's amazing. And and why why would I be unique and special that this program wouldn't work for me and that my power, my higher power, uh, wouldn't take care of this food problem if I let my higher power. Um, so I'm just so grateful. Um, and uh, with that, I will pass. 
Thanks, Shelly CR. Up next, we have Vasa, uh, followed by Lynn. Good morning to you, Vasa. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader, calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And I also have this paragraph underlined, and it's such a short and it's so important. So um, I came to the program in 1986, and uh, I'd been struggling with the food addiction for about 25 years. And then, and I did everything what everybody else did, and I couldn't put it down. And this was my last hope, you know, coming to Overeaters Anonymous. And I really did not know anything about uh, eating disorders or food addictions. Somehow I thought I needed to have my own willpower to put this food down. What's wrong with me, you know? And I was so excited to to hear that, you know, at least there was a name for it. They called it eating disorder or food addiction. And and there was a solution for it. And I was very open and very excited, and especially to hear the first edition, how the 100 men and women recovered. I said, oh, my God. And then hearing the stories, you know, hearing my sponsor, you know, how she was being able to put the food down. And she introduced me to the, uh, you know, I hadn't gone to any meetings for, for about a week, but we would, she was a friend of mine, was in AA and OA, and she 12-stepped me here and there, a little bit told me how the steps worked. And she said, the solution is to find a power greater than ourselves to help us because we tried to do it on our own. It didn't, you know. And I said, to myself, well, how can this higher power help me? I've been trying to do this for long years. Well, I, I was trying to be that willpower, you know, myself to play God. And then uh, it was just amazing uh, to me to believe to, to higher power. I felt like I needed proof. I needed to touch, to see, to believe. I came from a communist country. We believed there was no God there, you know. And here, even in the whole country, you know, I was very confused and confused in that area. But this is paragraph. It's beautiful and it, it's so important. My first night, I went to Overeaters Anonymous, came home. We sat in the driveway, talked about it, and she said, you have to surrender. We have to surrender. And I said, well, I got nothing to lose. She said, well, you got nothing to lose except, you know, your weight, you know. Oh, that's my, and it has worked by the grace of God, where I've been here for 35 years, by throwing myself into the program, and a higher power, whatever, I didn't want to die. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Vasa O. Up next, we have Lynn S., followed by Karen K., and then we'll take another list of names. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Vision. My name is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. I thought the pain that I suffered for the first 36 years of my life before finding program was ultimate. And sort of that was the end of that kind of pain, you know, being a fat kid and living the teenage years. And it was just just so awful I can't even go into it. But that was nothing 
compared to the pain that I felt when I hit my eight-year relapse. And I think what was so painful and difficult then was I knew it. I knew it. I had experienced pink cloud. I had experienced living life in program. I had experienced 17 years of AA conventions and Akron, Ohio Founders Day and speaking and OA and all this jazz, and I had had it all relieved. And it was wonderful. And I had lost 140 pounds through the grace of God and kept it off for 17 years. Then I went into relapse. And those eight years were the absolute worst years of my life. There's nothing like being in program, knowing it works, and you can't do it. And I pulled out all the stops. I pulled out every piece of information I'd heard from every convention and every AA meeting and every OA meeting. And I listened to people and I thought, okay, I got a handle on it now. I got a handle on it now. Okay, we're going to get this back. And finally, in my last binge, looking up from that gutter and saying to God, you know, God, I give up. I don't know what's going to become of me. I'm going to be like Ebby. And not that I was comparing myself to Ebby and the the glory of the man who brought us this program, but the Ebby who couldn't get it, just couldn't get it, knew it, introduced it, and couldn't get it. And I, I thought, I don't know what's going to become of me. I know that you are the answer. You and the 12 steps are the only answer for me. And I can't do it. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. When we read these lines this morning, our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. It brought me right back to that room, right back to that moment when I expressed those thoughts to God and totally gave up. And I didn't even know. I didn't even know. And I can remember saying to my sponsor afterwards when I, thank you, God, was led back to recovery, saying, what was different that time between all the other times in the eight years when I felt like I was at the worst ever? And she said, Lynn, you finally gave up. You finally quit trying. And I'll tell you, my ideas, no matter how well-meaning or how noble or whatever meeting I heard them in, they they didn't work then and they don't work now. But the God idea does. It just occurred to me like being in the realm of Lynn is no good. Thank you, Jen. Being in the realm of the Spirit is everything. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Lynn. S, up next we have Karen K, and then we'll take another list of names on the line this morning. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Jen. Hi, my name is Karen K, recovered compulsive eater from Syracuse, New York, and my credits don't transfer. This is um, a paragraph for me that I need to practice, um, that I'm far from perfect. Um, I know I was running out of ideas and, you know, they talk about, you know, this, this whole God idea works. 
You know, I'm I'm a human being trying to have um, a spiritual experience and a relationship with God. And, you know, I can say all this stuff and have this, you know, connection with God all the time. But to be honest with you, I don't. I mean, on Good Friday, I, I got um, um, in a bad car crash and my car was totaled. I have a TBI and you know what? I gave it to God. You know, what What can I do? I was getting a little nervous about insurance and stuff like that. But, you know, God showed up. I have pockets of my life that I don't give to God. I give my disease to God. I mean, let go or be dragged. You know, if I want to hang on to it, I'll be miserable for a day. And then I bounce back. I, you know, never made it to the... uh uh, the sisters of our our Lady of Mercy, because they want me out here. Even the Catholic Church wouldn't take me. So you know, um, trust God, clean house, and help others. You know, um, I, I'm not the same person I was before I got the a car crash on uh, Good Friday. Uh, a part of me is very, very different. A part of me is gone. But I was told by the doctors that it will get better. Um, my memory will get better. And I'm so grateful to be abstinent and to be a part of this meeting. And I just want to thank, I, got, I can't tell you how many emails, texts, and phone calls and cards I've gotten from people from Vision. And that really helps me to feel loved. You know, that's, that's God with skin on. That's God with skin on. And the group that I go to are I'm in a listening mode so much. Um, I'm getting calls like, you haven't shared, you haven't shared. I, I need to listen. And even other Zoom meetings that I go to, I need to listen. My face-to-face meetings I go to, God wants me to listen to the still, small voice for other people. With that, I will pass, and thank you for your service. Thank you, Karen Kay. All right, so we're on page 52, third paragraph only in uh, the chapter We Agnostics. We have time for about three more people who would like to share. Nancy P. I had Phil and Nancy and somebody from New York is who I heard. You, Al? Do. Okay, thanks. So I have Phil, Philomena, I think it is, Nancy, and Do. Go right ahead, Philomena. Press star one. Sorry about that. Yes, I'm Phil, a gratefully recovered compulsive eater in Northern Ireland. And um just delighted to be here. Thanks for hearing me. I just think this is beautiful. The God idea worked. You know, it did work and it does work. And um I picked up uh some special reading today and I read the lines. Uh, he will establish justice on the earth. Distant lands eagerly wait for his teaching. And I just thought that was very special, uh, considering what happened yesterday, which was historical. I just find it very, very, very moving, you know, to see the tears and the relief for some people, to feel that they're now being seen. And we are seen, everything is seen by our higher power, by God, who looks after every detail, every detail of our lives. And um, I'm just so, so grateful that uh, that my brothers and sisters got to see that their lives matter. And they really do. And I'm so gutted of the history, you know, 
I'm a white person and I'm just so sad for what has happened in the past. But I hope that this is a start. And it's not just an American problem. We have it here in the UK too. We have racism. Hitting anybody for what they cannot uh, change is just madness. And this is a loving, loving space to be. And I think it's just great that we all are here together. And um, thank you. I'll pass. Thanks, Phil M. from Ireland. Up next, we have Nancy followed by Du. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Jen. Thank you for your service as usual. Awesome job. Uh, This is Nancy P. calling in from West Newton, Massachusetts, recovered. So I wasn't going to share, but this is like a, um, you know, a seminal paragraph for me because, you know, when I sat in my car that day sobbing because I had just eaten a dozen donuts, And I was also sobbing because I had done the same thing the day before and the day before and the day before. And I was sobbing because I knew I was going to do the the same thing the next day and the next day and the next day. You know, I really believe that this conception that I have, I can't call it God and I can't even call it higher power, but whatever it is, you know, it ain't me. Thank you, Harlan. You know, I really feel like it was having coffee with all the others and said, you know, I think this one's had enough. I think I'm going to pluck her back from the gates of death and set her on the right path. So that was when I surrendered that day. I called my friend and she helped me. And, um, but it was sort of like, I tell people that call me this all the time. It's sort of like I had a big bulky box, like a flat screen TV, not too heavy, but very bulky. And it wasn't plugged in. And, but I, you know, so I get into, you know, I get into the meeting, I get my sponsor, I'm working, you know, going through the steps and we get to this paragraph and I realize I wrote this note to myself, work for them. Maybe big, maybe it will work for me. I wasn't convinced. I mean, I spent 47 years at meetings from 1971 until 2017 going to meetings, angry, jealous, and resentful. How come her and not me? How come her and not me? All the, you know, hug, hug, kiss, kiss, all the fellowship and the friendship and the happiness and, you know, all that. How come her and not me? And um, when I read this paragraph, you know, it was clear to me that um, my anger, my jealousy, and my resentment was not working. It was not working at all. Um, And so that like shed and it was like my surrender became operational. It's like I plugged it in, I plugged in my TV and it lit up and I, and I really surrendered. But I have to say that, you know, nothing else except that like Nancy P cannot do anything like a hundred percent except be angry, jealous and resentful. You know, I had to like, you know, I was like a, you know, a racehorse at the end of the, at the end of the race, like sides heaving and, you know, like all like, you know, wound up and everything. But I was, I stopped, you know, I surrendered, I stopped eating because I couldn't stand the pain of my precious girl hacking herself up with a razor blade and burning herself to a crisp. And I got help and I called into this meeting and I did what they said and I kept going and nothing, the only thing that I did in real time was I wrote my fourth step when it said to write my fourth step and I said my fifth step when it said to write my, to say my fifth step and everything else sort of was all jumbled together and sort of came in fits and starts. But I can tell you that every single thing in this book, every single promise that they say, every single one without exception has come true for me because I surrendered and with that I'll pass. Thanks, Nancy P. Up next, we have Du L. Good morning, Du.
Good morning, Jen. This is Duel from New York, Recover Compulsive Overeater. Thank you for that. Uh, it was someday, um, I was coming from work, I was in a car, and I'm coming up the road, and I see this scene where this man is in the middle of the road, people running all over the place, and um, and nobody's tending to this man. So God kind of like put it in my heart to jump out of the car, go in and see how I could be of service to this man. And I get there, and as a certified um, CPR um, person, I kind of like immediately took his vitals, um, you know, called the EMS, um, was in touch with them, uh, reporting what I was seeing and, and trying to make the man comfortable. But what happened in the process of that, I mean, this man was just like having a hard time breathing. He's on like semi unconscious and I'm trying to keep him conscious. And, you know, all of this is happening. And all of a sudden this impending powerlessness comes upon me and I feel like you know what this man I am hopeless I am helpless and the only thing that I could do at that moment is turn to God and start to pray and I prayed for him and I prayed for him and all of a sudden now you know it's in uh he all of a sudden breathes in and has this like moment where he's able to breathe and he lifts up his head and then all of a sudden I keep praying more and more and more and he keeps you know being able to sit up now he's able to stand up now he's back sitting down you know because when you're unconscious can't go anywhere else but what I realized at that moment isn't that my story I'm flat on the ground I can't move. I'm immobile. I'm in the throes of my disease. And God, through the power of God and only God, step by step, he restores me back to life. He gives me the breath of life in this program as I go through the step work, as I go through this journey. And he restores me back to the same way of eating and thinking about the food. That was something that I could not do myself. That's something that I could not orchestrate myself. But when I turned to God in step two, I established that relationship. And then I grow along that relationship. I maintain that relationship. And now I have the power that I didn't have initially. And that's what the promise of this reliance upon God instead of self helps me to appreciate. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Duel. Perfect timing. All right. So now uh, I just want to thank everyone who shared, who attended the meeting, and who did service today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, April 22nd, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, is 16,815. So we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Martha Z. please read A Vision for You? Good morning, Jen. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.